0: Hello and welcome to the She Reads Truth podcast. She Reads Truth creates beautiful, accessible Bible reading plans and resources to help you get into God's Word every day. Each week here on the podcast, we talk about what we're going to read together as a community
1: this week. I'm your host, Rachel Myers. And I'm your other host, Amanda Bible-Williams. And this is our fifth and final week of our series on the life of Jesus. This reading plan and this Curation of scriptures has just kind of lit a fire under us over here. It has really been just a treat. It's been enlightening. It's been convicting. It's been all the things. And I... I think that we had the perfect guest to help us land the plane on this series. Christian Dawson is a Seattle native. He's a follower of Jesus who pastors, preaches, leads worship, and writes. He is a pastor at Bridgetown Church. And when he's not in Portland, he is often at churches and conferences preaching or leading worship with his band, McKinney Dawson. Did you know he had a band? Sure. I mean, how cool is that? We loved this conversation with Christian. And it was one of those that I am just so thankful that there was a mic in the room so that we could yeah. share this conversation with you and so that it could encourage you the way that it encouraged us. So let's get right to it. Christian, it's nice to meet you. Thank you for coming to this year's truth podcast.
2: Hey, it's an honor to get to be a part. Thanks for inviting me. And we get to make new friends reading the Bible. That's pretty fun.
0: This is our trick of making new friends. That's right. Just invite them to be on our podcast yes. and listen. Now we get to talk about the life of Jesus. This is yes. awesome.
1: yes. This is week five and week last of this reading plan entitled The Life of Jesus, and we as a She Reads Truth and He Reads Truth community have been sort of walking through the synoptic gospels. Mm. Our reading plan kind of synthesizes those where we're not reading every word of all three of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, but we are covering the territory, right? going through the journey. um, And using... That's right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And hyperlinking one story to where it is and the others and that kind of thing. So, so we asked this question. Who did we ask this question of? But I was about an to early guest because I know what I know uh-huh. what you're going to ask. What is your fa- If you had to choose a favorite and it's okay to choose, which is your favorite gospel?
2: I would say Matthew or John. If we're doing synoptics, then it's Matthew, but Matthew or John okay. both yeah. do it for me. I, be honest, like, I, it took me forever to like Luke. I don't know why. There's just something about <laughs> Luke that, I'm like, just took me forever to warm up to. I like, maybe, I, I don't know. But there's something about Matthew and John that are both really compelling to me. Like, they feel more gritty in certain ways. That's I don't know. It's just we just all have different me.
1: answers. I think you just rounded out the full collection. I'm you did, which yours. is good. I'm, yeah. I'm oh, Mark. Okay. I just love that, like, boop, 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 boop. Let's go. Yeah. Here's, here's how it happened. Abrupt. Move, yeah. Move, it's move. bullet points. Yep. And then my pick was John. And then it was someone else had chosen Mark. Has anyone picked Luke? I don't know, but I'll I tell feel you. like yes. Who was in Luke? Maybe it was Dave Lomas, had been like in Luke. Yeah. Anyway. But you know who you, you are.
0: Last week, so we are it is the whole synoptic gospels telling this story, but last week we were really kind of heavily in Matthew. This week we're kind of heavily in Luke. Like so this is his chance, Luke. <laughs>
1: Come
2: on, <laughs> man. We're
0: counting on you here.
1: This is
2: But Luke got a follow-up. So maybe Luke, Luke had a little right. bit more. That's right. He got work. a he second a book deal. Him, so you know. So he got a second book <laughs> That's deal. That's right.
1: And a big one.
2: It didn't work this didn't work out for everybody. So maybe Luke was actually the most favorite, you know, by the new This is really got, interesting. I've
1: never thought of And his of, sophomore
0: album was strong. Well, <laughs> I mean, listen. Nice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> to be clear, if you do not hear the jest in our voices, yes. it's all God's word.
0: And also, when we're talking about inspired. his second book, it's the book of Acts. That's Not right. everybody would know that, Whoosh, that, was, that Acts what was What a book. book. Yeah. Let's yes. talk about
1: Acts for a little while after this.
2: That was a good nerd joke, and Thank I you. really appreciate <laughs> it. You, you know, it's Bible nerd
0: right there. <laughs> we're already that, that good friends. I like it.
1: <laughs> Christian, something to know about our community is that we're reading the Bible every day, women and men, in the Word of God every day. So we read through a lot of books of the Bible, biblical topics, things like that. But we also... I'm gonna say always because yes. so far. Yeah. We have a reading plan for Advent. So we did that at the end of last year. And soon we will be beginning a Lent reading plan. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna read first and Second Chronicles for Lent. Wow. But so so it's interesting this year because our first this is our first reading plan of the new year. Has been our first reading plan of the new year. And because it's about the life of yep. Jesus, it began with. His birth, yeah, <laughs> and so which we had just kind of visited, right? Yeah. Not kind of, you which did we had just visited that Christmas, right, yeah, and exactly. Christmas. Naturally. And it's and here we're getting toward the end of the Gospels, and we're going to read, you know, discuss today with you the passages about Jesus' death and resurrection and ascension, and also things that we are going to be reading about shortly yeah. when it's when yeah. it's time for Lent. Mm-hmm. And so what's unique about this reading plan, though, that we want to keep focusing on, and so even as podcast hosts, and you can keep us to this question, like we wanna, accountable. We want to focus on like, who who is Jesus? Yeah. At the end of each daily reading, there are questions in the study books, and mm. one of them says, what's something I learned or was reminded about Jesus? And another is, what did I notice about the way Jesus lived his life? Mm. Which I think is a really interesting question. So you know what we're going to be looking at. Do you have any just kind of like initial thoughts on, in what we're going to be covering this week, what are some things that you observe just about how Jesus lives his mm. life?
2: it was really interesting to reread these texts that I've read before and read the scripture before, but with like a fresh reminder, like, you know, do you ever feel this as a follower of Jesus where because you've like, you know, the story, like it's easy to like stay at the forest and lose the trees. And I, and I feel like, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like rereading this with your community was like, Getting me into the trees again. There's so much about yeah, Jesus that's broad, okay. but like something in particular to go like, okay, what does all of this mean if he's he's the Passover lamb? It's it's just yeah. it stirring my heart. Anyway, I'll I'll pause there, but I've been thinking about yeah, that. I love
0: that. That's awesome, Christian. That is really where we start yep. this week. We we look at the preparation for Passover, and it is, as far as anyone is concerned, mm-hmm. just like every other Passover, right? Mm -hmm. It's like every other day of unleavened bread. Like it happens once a year, and like yes, it is like it is an enormous deal for the Jewish people. Like it is their day to remember that the angel of death passed over them, and the the blood of the lamb atoned for their sins and covered them so that they didn't have to die. I mean, like the symbolism Mm -hmm. and the significance of that cannot be overlooked. Yeah, but. As far as anyone was concerned, it was just another Passover, except for, like you said— for Jesus. And so even like as we get into Luke chapter 22, you know, verse 7, then the day of unleavened bread came mm. when the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John saying, "Go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover." Again, there we go.
1: Yeah. I I just want to read here at the beginning because I just had this was one oh, you're of those right. there's moments. More at high. Yes. There's a lot in it's it's briefly stated but really packed. <laughs> okay, take us. Um Luke 22, starting in verse 1. I'm going to read again. I'm going to read so that um, you two have to talk about this. This That's the way that works. (laughs) This is verse 1 of Luke 22. The festival of unleavened bread, which is called Passover, was approaching. The chief priest and the scribes were looking for a way to put him, Jesus, to death because they were afraid of the people. Hmm. That gave me pause. I'm like, oh wait, they weren't afraid of him. Mm-mm. It doesn't say. Well, and maybe they were, but it didn't say that. It says because they were afraid of the
2: people. Yeah, the chief priests and the elders—they're getting around, freaking out because they want to get rid of him. And John talks about how Lazarus was healed right before this. Like so, so John's gospel puts this right yes. before. So in John's gospel. All these Galileans know about Lazarus rising from the dead. All of them are thinking this might be the Messiah. Yes. And they're walking to Jerusalem on the festival where they talk about a coming Messiah, hoping for God to do it again. You know, so you'll just feel yes. the tension in it. And the chief priests, they know they can't do anything about him there, right? Because if they did, the Galileans would yeah. revolt. And if they revolt, Rome's going to come in and take out all of them, like take the power out from the high priest. Because the high priest is the figure who runs the nation at that point, politically and religiously. So if they're, so they're trying to figure out, how do we do this before in a way that's quiet and secret and dark where no one knows about it? Mm. So that way they don't lose their power with Rome. And anyway, so when I was reading this, it's really interesting that if in these first verses, in verse 2 and then in verse 6, the word looking right. comes up twice in this translation. So the Sanhedrin, the chief priests and the scribes, they're looking for a way to put him to death. And then all of a sudden Judas starts looking for an opportunity to betray him. So I think like there's all these Mm -hmm. people who are looking around for for something to do. And in ironically, they miss like the lamb who's showing up.
0: And they have to find a way, like you said, like to get away with it, which it kind of has to be by his own people, by the hand of his own people. Absolutely. Like it, it it has to be the Jews saying, crucify him. But
2: it's and it's interesting, you know, some scholars will like argue who are the people who yell crucify them? Is it like all of the Jews, or is it like a certain group of the Jews? The Jews shouting, Hosanna, are from Galilee walking up, but it's not the same people who show up when he's getting crucified. It's almost like, wait, what just happened?
1: Oh, that is interesting. Because you know, yeah. only a few
2: hours ago, wow. again, remember, it's all secretive. So they take Jesus at yeah, night, right. they do the whole trial, yeah. dirty, a dirty deal in the last minute Sanhedrin thing, yeah. Yeah. like at night, no one knows about. So you wake up and all of a sudden this is happening during yeah. festival, getting ready right before the Sabbath. So all these people are probably already preparing for Sabbath. You know, it's like, it's all, it's so sketch. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Jesus is doing mm-hmm. Jesus yeah. dirty yeah. in the secret yet at the same time. And this is where I think it's beautiful. Oh, I'm almost getting emotional about it. Jesus is seeing himself as the Passover lamb here. While Judas is looking for a way to betray him, the chief priests and the elders, they're looking for an opportunity to catch him. Jesus is willingly walking in knowing who he is. Passover lamb. Like, he's the one who they think they're killing him. That's right. No, Jesus sees himself as, like, a willing sacrifice. No
0: one takes my life from me, but I lay mm, it down. I lay yeah. it down.
2: And it's not uh, ah, yeah. I'm getting just,
0: That's ah. right.
1: We talked a little bit about this last week, but how, you know, the concept of the Messianic secret and how Jesus kind of was quietly controlling the narrative mm-hmm. about, like, don't tell, do tell, don't tell who I am but here especially as we continue to you know see Jesus walking toward the cross mm-hmm. which he is doing intentionally yeah. it just is so clear to me the more i read these stories from the gospels who's in charge here yeah <laughs> you know like it's so clear i mean That's even right. even here when they're preparing for the passover It says that in verse 8, Jesus sent Peter and John saying, Mm -hmm. go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Well, where do you want us to prepare it, they said. And then he gives them these details that only God could know. (laughs) You know, that, listen, when you've entered... It's very specific. When you've entered the city, a man carrying a water jug will meet you, follow him into the house he enters, tell the owner of the house. Mm -hmm. The teacher asks you, where's the guest room where I can eat the Passover with my disciples? Then he will show you a large furnace room. Like, it's very specific, and then it happens exactly as they said. And it just, to me, it's Jesus continuing to be who he is because uh-huh. he's always been, you know, who who he is, but it seems to me that he's being that a little more out loud. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, a yeah. little is his divinity is just um becoming more and more on display. That not that it hasn't been, no, 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 but, but in a he's, way he's that it is secretive. clearer.
2: Yeah, cuz even yes, the next yeah. verse like verse 14 when the hour came which is interesting because yeah. like all yes. throughout the Gospels, Jesus is saying, right? it's not my hour. It's not, uh-huh. my hour, it's not my hour, it's not my, my hour, hour, hour. it's not my hour. It's not yeah. yeah, and now Luke lets us in. He's like, the hour is here, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Well, that reminds me of the verse in Galatians, which is like when the, when the time had come to completion, mm-hmm. God sent his son. Like there is, there is a, a divine timeline here that yeah. probably doesn't look, like I'm making like a gesture with my hands, like linear time, like, right? Mm-hmm. Like a timeline. Probably doesn't look, like our timelines look, but there is there is a timeline here to which Jesus is privy and and everyone else like this this is literally Jesus' world and we're just living in it.
0: Well, oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but even that very next line, Amanda, like in verse fourteen, when the hour came, what did he do? He reclined mm. at the table. Yeah. Like again, like this, like everything that he's doing is on his own terms and his yeah. own time. Yeah. There's nothing panic. Like he came and he reclined with his disciples and
1: mm-hmm. he has fervently desired this moment mm. with his friends. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, it, it struck me mm-hmm. where it says, uh, I will not eat it again until it is finished. I never I, I never thought about it, but I'm wondering, I'm not sure, but like, I'm wondering if the until it, because it's until mm-hmm. it is finished in the kingdom of God. I'm wondering if, of course, it probably means like the cross in some ways and the resurrection, but I'm also curious if it means Passover. Like, yeah. before I tell you, I will not eat this oh. again until Passover is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And again, I don't know. That's just like, it was just a thought yeah. that made yeah. my mind. Because, again, like, the cross is Passover. The resurrection is about Passover. So Jesus saying, I'm not—it's another way of saying, like, I'm not going to have this meal again until I finish what I started and finish delivering the Passover.
0: And then we'll read later this week about a moment where he breaks bread Mm. and serves it, and they recognize him. Mm. And so it will be interesting to get to that. But even while we're here, again, Christian, like you had just said, in verse 19, he took the bread, he gave thanks, broke it, gave it to them, and said— this is my body, which is given mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. It's again, like this is given. Mm-hmm. This is not taken.
2: And he's like showing, like you guys said, he's showing who he is, you know, because I think normally during the Passover meal, you take the bread and you remember that we at once, you know, it's they're putting in the story, we once had to eat this bread really fast because deliverance happened quickly. You know, you take the cup, we have to mm-hmm. eat, We drink the wine, remembering that, you know, that the blood, the doorposts, so, and then normally you eat mm-hmm. the lamb too in the meal. But it's interesting that none of the gospel authors ever mentioned them eating a lamb. Mm. And I think Tim Keller did huh. the mic drum once. He's like, because the lamb was at the table. You know, like. Right. Uh, I mean, listen. But hey, <laughs> Classic you know,
0: Tim Keller.
2: You know, classic Tim. But like, you know, I, I, I wouldn't put it faster. It's interesting that none of them about But that's about such that a good point.
0: I've never noticed that there was yeah. no like, but I mean. Where's the rest of the meal? I mean, Mm -hmm. it's that Abraham and Isaac moment, but like, where's the lamb? Where's the lamb? For the sacrifice, and the Lord will provide it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, and who knows? Maybe they ate a lamb, but the gospel writers are wanting you to notice that, all of the mention. That's stuck in their minds, you know? Because it
1: says, um, after supper, he Mm -hmm. took Mm -hmm. the cup. So they ate. They Mm -hmm. had a meal. Whatever Um, it was. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's interesting. I hadn't noticed that.
1: I just have such a tender spot and also... Just deep frustration with the disciples, and I think that it's because <laughs> I, it's like I see I see myself you see there, too. you know. And then the oh, yeah, I'm there. In
2: that mirror, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: and it's painful. Mm-hmm. It's painful, right? Because here he—it's not just us. Yeah. He has just said this cup is the new covenant. Mm-hmm. I mean, talk about alarm bells going off for them. Like yeah. this cup mm-hmm. is the new covenant in my blood. This is such like Messianic language, which is poured out for you. But look, the hand of the one betraying me is at the table with me, for the Son of Man will go away as Mm -hmm. it has been determined, but woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. And then what happens? Verse 23, so they began to argue among themselves, well, who is it? Yeah. Who is it? Mm -hmm. Who is it? Who is it? And I'm like, just kings and queens, like I am the queen of missing the point often in my own relationship with the Lord. But they began to argue among themselves which of them it could be who was going to do it. And then, and like, then
0: yeah, a dispute say, also and then arose are- among about like who's the worst? Also who's the greatest? Yeah. Yeah. Can
1: you imagine Jesus in the scene? So I know there is like the chosen is a thing that exists. I will shock the world right now by saying I have not yet seen it. And not out of like I'm not watching that. No, I really, really deeply want to, but I'm like I refuse to do it without my entire family. Um, it is it's we're gonna have to figure this out. There's like season three is out. It's a yeah, whole thing. Yeah. So I don't have that in my brain when I say what I'm about to say, but can you imagine Jesus? face and posture during these exchanges, mm. the patience yeah. that he must have had to have <laughs> right? to just watch them have these absurd conversations when he is about to sacrifice his mm. actual self.
0: That's so interesting. And yeah. in other gospels, I mean, there's the, the washing of the feet. Mm. I mean, I hadn't even noticed the like, the, the swing of the conversation among the disciples of like, who is the worst? And like for it to naturally transition to them, like, well, it's not me because I'm the best. I'm the best, (laughs) but like that, that was all kind of at the same moment. Yeah,
2: yeah. And a few moments later, you know, they're gonna, they're all gonna leave him. You know. Yeah.
1: Speaking of his posture, like this, I think this is probably not the account that I am used to reading when Jesus says that Peter is going to deny him, Mm -hmm. because it just. It hit so different for me this time. It just Jesus' posture toward Peter in this mm. exchange. There's so much care oh. and yet like resolve. Mm. And so I'm, verse 31 Simon, Simon, look out. Mm. Satan has asked in this this line. How have we never noticed that Satan has asked oh. to sift you like wheat? I mean, hello, Job. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Satan has asked to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you mm. that your faith may not fail. And you, when you have turned back, yeah. strengthen your brothers.
2: Uh this passage means a lot to me right now, because like I um I have a friend in particular in my life who I feel like the enemy has been trying to sift. like, And I, and I think of, um, not from me, but from Jesus. And I've been watching, and we've had conversations about it, but I just felt like, yeah, I was praying for my friend. And I felt like that scripture literally came to mind, like Satan has asked to sift you like wheat, but I prayed for you. And I feel like the Spirit just said, pray for this person and keep praying for them. Yeah, yeah. Isn't the parable of the sower and the seed, the one that Jesus says, you have to understand this to understand the whole kingdom? And it's another parable about seed uh, being stolen. The two that always sit on my mind is like the birds of the air, they grab it and they like just pluck out the seeds and they just take them out, which just feels like Satan to me in so many ways. But also the other way that, that the seeds don't grow is by, um, what is it, Matthew, that says the deceitfulness of wealth and the cares of life and the deceitfulness of riches will um, storm up and choke the seed. And it's interesting because I, I have people in my life who I, I see the ones, it's really easy to see the one, at least for me, who's like being sifted by Satan and I can see it. And like, we're having really beautiful conversations about it. So I'm just like, feel like I need to keep praying. But then the harder one is like when you have someone else who you notice that other line that Jesus says, where it's just, it's not like the enemy just ripping you apart or some horrible church thing happening and you deconstructing mm-hmm. your faith for like, from out of like genuine hurt. It's the little moments where you know, the enemy, or just life has little things that root and sift you out. And the word that that happens, I think, in the Greek for fail is actually the word eclipse. It's, or it's mm. where we get our root that's for eclipse. So what Jesus saying, I pray for you that your faith may not be eclipsed. So that was interesting. Someone, I think it was John Tyson, preached a sermon about that recently, where it's something that's smaller blocking out the true light. And so maybe yeah, it's interesting yeah. that like, you know, that your faith may that's not be good. eclipsed. And then when you have turned back. So it's interesting that like failure is about turning in this situation. Mm -hmm. So success in some ways is about turning back.
1: Okay, friends, believe it or not, we are already looking forward to the season of Lent. I know we just came out of Advent not long ago, but Lent is such a special time of year for us as believers and followers of Jesus to prepare our hearts to let the fullness of Easter take hold of us. This year for Lent, beginning February 20th, we'll spend six weeks in the books of 1st and 2nd Chronicles, reflecting on God's unwavering faithfulness to His people. This is the first time that we've read these two books of the Bible as a community, and we are ready. Then, of course, we're gonna spend Holy Week in the Gospels, primarily in the Gospel of John, as we journey from Palm Sunday to Easter Sunday. Will you join us? Head to ShopSheReadsTruth.com. That's where you can get your Lent study book, There's also a new beautiful art print, there's the 12 card set, all of the usual things. You'll find them in the shop at shopshereadstruth.com. And as always, the best way to make sure that you secure your lint book is to sign up for our monthly subscription box. The monthly subscription box is how you can have a plan to be a woman in the Word of God every day. We send you a new study book every month and you just follow along. It is as easy as that. com slash subbox. Now, February 9th is the last day to order your Lent book and get it in time for the plan to start on February 20th. So head there now. ShopSheReadsTruth.com and back to the show. It's... Overwhelming, honestly, to see Jesus pastoring mm. his disciples, even as he is this close to his own death, mm. right? Like that with Peter, and then here in in verse thirty five, he also said to them, "When I sent you out without money bag, traveling bag, or sandals, <laughs> did you lack like anything?" So we read that in mm-hmm. Mark six, mm-hmm. where he sent them out and said, "Don't take stuff. Yeah, you don't need it." and they said not a thing they said mm-hmm. and like i just he's continuing to show them who he is to teach them to trust mm-hmm. that he is who he says he is and mm-hmm. that the fact that he is who he says he is changes every single thing
2: mm-hmm. even
1: how you pack yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> you know like that'll it just right there. Oh. The, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you and like what we think of is like what we need For the job, right? He's like, You just need me and what I've given you.
0: And at the same time, then he takes then he goes a step further with them and he says, Okay, well that time is drawing to a close. And now actually you are gonna need
1: a sword Mm. or two. You're gonna need a sword. Yeah. Does he say two swords? He says Um, he said,
2: Look, here are two. And he's like, That's enough. And he
1: said, That is enough. Yeah. yeah, that's enough. That's, that's good. Is, yeah, that's is short, that is enough exclamation point. Yeah. I don't even
2: have an answer for. But having read the story, knowing what's coming, that is so weird to me. It's always confusing, right?
1: Because then I'll they, I, I don't even have because a thing someone's going to use the sword, and on he's going to be like, stop, "Stop, stop!" Yeah, like literally
0: like, no, on no, the next no, page no, no, when I'm we like, read what? that, <laughs> and I'm like, "But you just <laughs> but told <he> me." <laughs> just I just told
2: know, me to bring the sword. I that that one is like we're gonna need some
1: clarification. Literally, mm. I said this is the sword. No, you told him.
2: You, you just said. It. You're going you to said it. Swords. You're like, remember the conversation? We're looking you at our two. notes on our pages. Yes. You're like, I swear, you talked about this. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh,
0: and Amanda and I, like firstborn children, have written on it. Like, uh, but you said note for the you audio. Told we uh, have the
1: same note in yes, the margin.
0: Exactly. Okay. Before we get to the part where the sword is drawn. Turning the page to day 30, Luke chapter 22, another phrase mm. i hadn't noticed before. Starting in verse 39 it says he went out and made his way as usual to the mount of olives. Rachel Myers I kid you mm. not. As
1: Oh look she circled it too. <laughs> Sometimes we're twins,
2: Christian. Sometimes <laughs> listen, we circle the same thing. How
0: much does that matter? That as usual.
2: Well, you know, right. it's interesting when you think, when when you think about the disciples, they ask him questions all the time. But the one that always seems the most interesting to me is they asked Jesus, teach us to pray. Mm-hmm. And I think like maybe the fact that he took them to Mount Olives as usual. I mean, think about this. How did Judas know where to find him? Right. He'd been there because before. Because
1: that's where they went as usual. It's so interesting to me because sometimes they ask Jesus a question and like when he's, you know, he's taken, he's in front of the Sanhedrin, um, and they'll ask a question and he won't answer or they'll ask a question and he will. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, for example, in Mark 14, the high priest stood up before, this is verse 60, the high priest stood Mm -hmm. up before them all and questioned Jesus, don't you have an answer to what these men are testifying against you? But he kept mm. silent and did not answer. Again, the mm. high priest questioned him, are you the Messiah? So he gets more specific here. Yeah. Are you the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed One? I am, Jesus said. Mm. And you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power, mm. with a capital P, and coming with the clouds of heaven. So hmm. he even just saying, I am, is yeah. like, that is yeah. a statement. But then he goes on with this description. Um, and it just keeps going. Like if you, you know, in Luke 22, they say, if you are the Messiah, tell us. But he said to them, if I do tell you, you will not believe.
2: Yeah. And it's so interesting. He's the only person, Jesus, I've never noticed until here, but I think the only person, at least in one account, Jesus really answers to is the high priest. Oh, that It is, seems like that. Maybe yeah. in Mark's where he's like, they ask him, he won't say anything. And then it might be Mark's, but, and I can't, I might be wrong about this, but I'm curious, like, because he's just like, nah, just like quiet. And then all of a sudden, he like, the high priest talks to him and he talks back. Like, it's yeah. almost like he's challenging the high priest, yeah, I think, yeah. you know?
0: I love that you pointed that out, Christian, because at the beginning of that section in, in Mark 14, it says they led Jesus away to the high priest. And I was like, this moment, this is the great high priest being led to the lowercase mm-hmm. high priest. Like, the, he is the like king of kings, lord of lords, great capital H, capital P high priest. Yeah. And it's a moment that this interaction, had its own mm. kind of type of significance.
2: Oh, totally. That
0: he was this guy was and the it's, high it's priest a of the to people. Power, yeah, know? of the Jewish people at the time. And,
2: yeah, you know. And if there's any person who during Passover should be looking for the Messiah, one would the think. High priest, yeah, you yeah. know, yeah. You, well, you would think, right? Like w- part of the part of Passover is anticipating the future Messiah, the future Son of David, and they have a guy who's doing all checking off the boxes, and they cannot and he can't recognize because the lamb. So they can't recognize him. Mm. No, they don't see it, you know, right in front of them. Mm, yeah. It's. I know we don't have time for this, but I just want to name like one thing maybe people to listen to or when they read this is in Luke's account right before this, the moment Peter denies Jesus. Apparently, they're all close enough where Jesus can hear it or something because Jesus turns and looks at Peter, yeah. and then it says, "So it says Peter denies, rooster crows, Jesus turns and looks, Peter makes eye contact with Jesus, yes. and then Peter weeps." Yep. And um, I felt when I was reading this one time, I felt like the Spirit of God said, "What was the look?" Um, because, and you'll learn a lot about like what you think about Jesus, when you when, depending uh, on yeah. what you mm-hmm. think that look is. Oh,
0: that's a good question, yeah.
2: And I felt like the Spirit started to minister to me and go, like, that was not—I don't—and again, there's no real way, but I'm just doubtful that the look Jesus gave in that moment was one of, right. I told you so. Or, like, see, you failed. Or, see, Jesus told me he was going to do that. so So Jesus couldn't have been disappointed because right. he wasn't surprised. So maybe the look was just the same look Jesus always gave Peter, like the look that he gave him when he first called him follow him, like, I'm curious that if Peter, what breaks Peter down isn't a look of disappointment from Jesus, but actually the opposite, like a look of love.
0: Like a look like, of see, reassurance. And I'm, and I'm, yeah.
2: Yes. Yeah, like, I Peter, even in this I moment. Love I love you.
0: I mean, you think about the rich young ruler. I, yeah. Jesus looked at him and loved him. Like those, Oh yeah,
2: absolutely. So as people read that, I think a question even pray about is like, what's the look Jesus gives? And when I think of the way Jesus looks at me. Mm-hmm. What is the look that I see in His face? Because if it's a look of like accusation or like frustration, it's probably that's not good, Jesus. it's good, Christian. That's you know? really good.
1: Yeah, you know, and these are things that I've known um, with my head, but you just—different things stand out as you read Scripture at different times. Which is like there's crazy, There's that section you
0: know? on, on day 30, at the end of day 30, that— I I don't know. I don't know why I keep getting so surprised and interested. I've been reading the Bible my whole life, but again, I was so fascinated it's at the end of Luke 23 when Jesus faces Herod, oh, Amanda also is just like, what? Yes. Yeah, so mm-hmm. we we evidently
1: have a very similar <laughs> experience. The Spirit is doing a thing. I know. Because I know. third. this is the, hey, third, this is the third thing Bless that you him. and I have marked exactly the same, and we did not study this at the same time. No,
0: or in the same way. Uh, so starting in verse 6, when Pilate heard mm. this, he asked if... If the man was a Galilean, finding that he was under Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who was also in Jerusalem during those days. Herod was very glad to see Jesus. For a long time, he had wanted to see him because he had heard about him and was hoping to see some miracle performed by him. Interesting line. <laughs> Do right? A trick, yeah, all right. I've heard about this guy. I'd love to see. So he kept asking him questions, but Jesus did not answer him. The chief priests and the scribes mm-hmm. stood by, vehemently accusing him, then Herod, with his soldiers, treated him with contempt, mocked him, dressed him in bright clothing, an interesting note, and sent him back to Pilate. Mm. That very day, Herod and Pilate became friends. Previously, they had been enemies. Isn't that a weird little mm. detail? Mm. They were just like, I it's don't a know. a weird little detail. They're just kind of going like, well, I don't because even know.
1: a common enemy yeah. will yeah. make friends. Mm. And thats they just have like. decided that Jesus is their common enemy. Even though there was no good reason. Mm -hmm. I mean, and just the language, you know, that Pilate uses clearly he has done nothing to deserve death. And Luke even gives Mm -hmm. the detail like wanting to release Jesus. Mm -hmm. Pilate asks again, but they keep shouting.
2: Which I think I think the authors are trying to tell you. Who is putting that's them right. up there? Mm-hmm. You know, that's right. It's mm-hmm. it's it's the Sanhedrin. Mm-hmm. It's it's the it's the Sanhedrin. It's the people that are missing who should be closest and understand, and they're the ones missing the point mm-hmm. again. And this is the Passover lamb. Yeah. Clearly, he has done nothing to deserve death. So they're trying to remind you: this lamb is self-sacrifice, not a yeah. surprise,
1: spotless lamb. Like
2: Jesus, Jesus is in control. Yeah, and he's even the fact he doesn't say anything. He just, he's you just you all are going to read
1: um, the narrative of the crucifixion and. As I read through these passages this time around, kind of with the focus of what am I being reminded of about Jesus, and mm. how did he behave? How did he act? What did he do in mm. this specific story? This time in his life, his death, and I kept being drawn to the things that he said. Mm. Like when the text would say that Jesus said or cried or called, because he starts to mm. use his words very sparingly, mm-hmm. you know, probably oh, yeah. for physical reasons, yeah. and also because... <laughs> I could imagine. Right? Him. And mm-hmm. also because we have learned, as the Son of God, <laughs> he has exercised great restraint mm-hmm. and discernment. Mm-hmm. Like I just kept being struck yep. by the discernment of Jesus in in these moments. But I mean there's a moment where mm. he addresses the women who and that's actually where he mm. spends the most words. Um like yeah. if we're here Oof, in
2: that'll say mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: here in Luke 23 cuz now he's on his way to the cross, right? Like he's um carrying the cross to the place of his crucifixion, and there are women mm-hmm. who are mourning and lamenting, and he turns to them, and he says, daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, mm-hmm. but weep for yourselves and for your children. Look, the days are coming when they will say, blessed are the women without mm-hmm. children, the wombs that never bore, the breasts that never nursed. They will begin mm-hmm. to say to the mountains, fall on us and the hills cover I mean, this is really like deep lamenting yeah. language mm-hmm. for if they mm-hmm. do these things when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? Mm. So that's actually the most he mm. says, like thou, going forward, there, there are fewer wow. words.
2: I've never noticed that before. And
1: so just kind of going through, and I may miss some because I just was sort of quickly going through, but we get Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing when they're casting mm. the law. And yeah. between the criminals. There is when the thief on the cross um, says, yeah, you'll Remember, be with me in the that's right, remember me. And Jesus said to mm. him, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. And then when Jesus dies, Eden, yeah. yes, in Eden, mm. yeah, paradise. In Luke 23 46, Jesus mm. calls out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I entrust my spirit and then he breathes his last and then of course we get kind of that the different perspectives of that very moment mm-hmm. from from the other two as difficult as it is to not read every word of the resurrection story that's in front of us right now on this week's, we will get um, Friday to Friday reading. It is coming, it's y'all, coming. and it's there. You're going to read it. You to will. Be clear. Please don't I'm not saying, read it. That's yeah. right. I'm saying read it out loud in this moment. Yes. But instead, I would love for us to. So we we know we know the story, right? And if you're new to this story, welcome mm-hmm. to the greatest true story ever told. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Jesus dies. He cries out his last breath on the cross. He Mm. dies. He is buried. And they go to his grave later to tend to his body in the grave, and he is not there because he is risen. And Mm. so we get to read some of the encounters, which, spoiler alert, we're going to read more of these encounters and talk more about the resurrected Christ in another plan that's coming later called Living Living Hope. Hope. But there is one of these encounters, he appears to a couple of disciples on the road to Emmaus. And what's so interesting mm. about this, so many things are interesting about this encounter, but their summary of what just happened is so fascinating. <laughs> And right? maddening? Oh, yeah. And a little maddening? A little. But I mean, also, when was the last time a <laughs> right. resurrected man walked next it to you? It feels
0: underreported, in my opinion. <laughs> They're like, and then he said all the things about <laughs> all the things and how yeah, all right. the Scripture speaks to him. And we're like, yeah. well, maybe could you elaborate? I would love to like hear more. Yeah. Okay, the other part of, of day 33 that I really, really loved is when the Emmaus disciples go back to the big yes. group and they're like listen like this we saw him we they're telling the story it mm. says they began to describe what had happened on the road and how he had made known to them in the breaking of the bread and then it says as they were saying mm. these things he himself jesus stood in their midst he said to them peace to you but they were startled and terrified and thought they were seeing a ghost and then he asks two questions mm. and honestly as we're closing i want these to be the questions that we're asking ourselves he says why mm. are you troubled And he asked them, Mm. why do doubts arise in your hearts? And he said to the the disciples on the road to Emmaus, every word of scripture is about me. So we get to know Jesus
2: in the word. And we get to know him. It's interesting, everyone, I think most of the accounts talk about them realizing who he is as they're eating food.
0: Like (laughs) there's something,
2: again, so personable, like Jesus meeting these people, meeting people who are wrestling and struggling and trying to figure out who he is. And he meets them over something, not just like in the big altar calls, which are incredible. Like my life was changed in those altar moments. But also like Jesus actually meets, the resurrected Jesus meets people who are having questions and doubts and trying to figure out over meals. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like in the most ordinary, normal, average part of your life that's not spectacular, Jesus wants to show up there and show you who he is. There's
1: one last event. Mm. In in these uh, the synoptic gospels and it's when Jesus ascended to the Father, he didn't mm. just disappear, he didn't unexist or mm-hmm. de exist whatever, like leave existence. <laughs> right. mm-hmm. Jesus has this moment with his disciples where I mean casually, verse forty five in Luke twenty four, he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Huh. Just mic drop. That's all we get right there. Um, O2 have been in the room. We
0: can ask for that, too.
1: We can. Thank you, Rachel Mm -hmm. Myers. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. And he also said to them, this is what is written, the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead the third day, and repentance for forgiveness of sins will be proclaimed in his name to all the nations, beginning at Jerusalem you are witnesses of these things. And look, I am sending you what my Father promised. As for you, stay in the city until you are empowered from on high. I mean, this is a commissioning, right? Like, you have seen this. yeah. And now, starting right here, you will proclaim, this will be proclaimed not just to you know, those who are here in Jerusalem, but to all nations. And you have to know they're going, wait, what? How? Mm -hmm. (laughs) We'll get to Mm, that later, guys. You you all hang out. Yeah, that's right. Volume 2. Volume 2. Luke's uh, second book deal will give us a start on that. Then he led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was carried up into heaven, after worshiping him, because of course they did, mm-hmm. goodness, they returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they were continually in the temple praising God.
0: I like that Luke's gospel begins with, well, not exactly begins, but in Luke two we get Anna and Simeon in the like oh, in yeah, the continually in the temple, Ooh, and the it temple. ends that they're continually in the temple praising Is, God. And how so yeah, I've
2: never, done I just way.
0: now listen, guys.
2: Well, and then now when you say that, I mean, this isn't what this thing's about, but like, you know, acts is That's about. That's right, a new yeah. Temple. yeah. And the temple spreading out. Yes. Oof.
1: Okay. And you all, we won't read them all. I did want to. This is true. I told Rachel I'm going to read all these. There is an extra in the study book, if you have your study books, Descriptions of Jesus in Revelation. I mean, talk because, about all of Scripture mm-hmm. telling us who Jesus is. Get to know That's me. That's right. And talk about mm-hmm. a Jesus who is alive. Yeah, yeah. Um, and sits at the right Come hand, yeah. Father. Um, so there are so many. I just read them out like loud. Like pages and pages of yes, them. Yes, yes, yes. Read them out loud. But one of them... Just read, read um, like, give us seven. Okay I'll, okay, I'll give you a few. Seven to 10. I'm not going to count them. He is the one who is and was and is to come. He is the faithful witness. He mm. is the firstborn from the dead. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the Son of Man. He is the living one. He is alive forever and ever. Oh, look at this one. He is the originator of God's creation. Mm. He is the Lamb mm. He holds the keys to death and Hades. Yes, he is the lamp of the New Jerusalem, and he is the bright morning star.
0: Y'all, this is nobody's opinion. This is the truth. <laughs>
1: this is nobody's opinion. This is what I is mean, true. The this Lord. is straight.
0: Every one of those has references. You can read them for yourselves. Yeah. Like if I love, I'm gonna. <laughs> that's gonna ring with me for a little bit, Christian. That just get to know me and. Through all of Scripture, that is how we get to know Him. And I just—man, mm. um, you are a great guest. Thank you for Thank hanging. Thank Oh,
2: that's kind. This was very fun. What a great use of time to just read the Bible together.
0: Okay, so friends listening, you know this is the end of this series. But as women and men in the Word of God every day, the minute we finish one book, we begin another. So that means that you all will read this week the rest of the reading plan. But then beginning Monday next week, we will open a new reading plan called yes. I Will Give You Rest. And
1: boy, a howdy. biblical invitation to Sabbath.
0: That's right. <laughs> I just said boy, howdy, and I meant it. It is um, That is boy, howdy. Yeah, it's going to be a a great one. And I think it is honestly right on time. It is just what we need. Just two weeks, like looking at what scripture says about rest and Sabbath. Mm. I'm very much looking forward to that. So that'll be next week. But until next week, Christian, what do we tell our friends?
2: Keep opening your Bibles.